to hear what the Spirit has to say unto us on tonight. Father God, I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned, for giving us the tongue of the learned, God, so we will be able, Father God, to take in and partake, God, from this table on tonight, Father God. We just thank you and we just praise you. I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. We honor you, we glorify you, and we say thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it a joy to be in taught and know what the word has to say unto us so we can bring that word to others? So other people can be saved through what we know? Let's see what we know. Amen? I bet you I got everybody's attention then, huh? <laughs> Let's see what we know. We've been talking about Um, The gifts of the Spirit, which comes out of 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We talked about the revelation gifts, and these are the gifts that reveal. We know it's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and what else was it? Discerning of spirits. So we talked about those gifts. We talked about um, prophecy. We talked about um, interpretation of tongues, and we talked about diverse tongues, and those are the gifts of utterance. Tonight, we're dealing with the um, power gifts, and those gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of faith, and the gift of healing. I'm telling y'all, if you would get in tune with what God is doing and what he's showing you, no matter where you are or what you're doing, when these gifts begin to come in operation as the Spirit wills, you will be able to identify these gifts and you will be able to know how they operate and you will be able to know when someone is in error. Sometimes when we don't know what's operating in people's lives, we will put that person down or we will think that person is trying to do something that they don't need to be doing. That's why we have to get into the word of God to know what the word is saying. So when someone is speaking unto us through these gifts, we know that it's God using them to give us a message. And we got to understand these gifts are not for us. They are for others. Can they be used in our lives? Yes, they can. But God wants these gifts to be um, known unto the ones that don't know him so they can know him through the gifts of the spirit that's operating in our lives. So last week we talked about the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit for you to believe in something that is not possible. That's what the gift of faith is. It's a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit so we can believe in something that is not possible. Um, Natural faith is not the gift of faith. Natural faith goes on our five senses. Just like I said last time, if you see a chair, you're going to sit in that chair because you believe that chair is there because you can see that chair. You get in your car and you believe that that car is going to function because that's just natural faith. When you turn the ignition on that car, you believe that that car is going to run. That's natural faith. That, that goes on your five senses. All of us that are born again have the God kind of faith. And that faith is given to us as born again believers to believe what the word of God has to say unto us. We cannot believe what the word of God is saying without having 
God kind of faith because we know that faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. The more we hear the word of God, the more we um, have knowledge of the word of God, we begin to understand the word of God and we um, begin to believe the word of God because faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. So the more the word of God that you hear, the more you are believing what the word of God says. This is why believers are not um, grabbing hold to the word the way they need to. Because when we get into the word, we don't allow the word to get into us. It's not that we don't have faith. We have faith. The Bible says if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed, we can speak to that mountain and we can tell that mountain where that mountain need to go. So all of us believers have the God kind of faith. We talked about Peter. And this was in, um, what was it, uh, Matthew 14, when Peter was telling Jesus, bid me to come to you. Peter was actually operating under a gift of faith because he was doing something that was out of the norm. He was believing God. That gift of faith was put upon him to go to Jesus. But when Peter looked at his surroundings, he began to sink. And that's when Jesus was telling him, oh, thou of little faith. His faith was not where it needed to be. And Jesus used that illustration because the gift of faith was upon Peter's life. But when we tend to look more at our situation, then we look at God, then we're backing off what's coming upon us. That's all of us in this room. If God um, automatically, if the spirit give you the gift of faith and the gift of faith come upon you and you feeling like I can move a mountain or this person can be healed outside of what the doctors say. The doctor may say, no, this, they, they just going to die. It's nothing that could, can be done. The organs is going to shut down. But all of a sudden, the gift of faith come upon you. And as that gift of faith come upon you, God is giving you faith for the impossible. And you're saying, no, you will live and you shall not die. And all of a sudden, you began to speak as the Spirit is giving you unction. And you began to speak to that part of the body that ain't functioning. And you say, liver, you will function today. And all of a sudden, there's function that's coming to that body. You operating in the gift of faith. You operating in the gift of healing. But you also operating in a miracle, the working of miracles. So this is why you got to know the difference. And you got to know you cannot do it on your own accord. This is why the spirit, he comes in and he brings, he put that gift of faith upon you. It's not for you to try to do it. You have faith because you have God's kind of faith. But God is going to use whomever he choose for this gift of faith that is not going to back down. That's going to say, you know, they will live or this will happen. And you're not going to stop believing what the word of God says. So we talked about, first of all, general faith, the God kind of faith, which every believer has. That means the faith that God gives you when you're born again, you believe in God, you believe in his word, you take in him at his word. But that faith has to be developed. Just because you save, it does not mean that you're going to go out there and do things that um, you know that's impossible. The only way this is going to happen is through getting into the word of God and allowing the word get it, to get into you. The more you stay in the word of God, your faith began to grow. God don't have to increase your faith because all of us got the same measure of faith. 
how your faith grows is just like when you exercise and you're exercising those muscles. And I use Manny, for example, when they're lifting weights and they keep lifting those weights, those muscles begin to what? Get bigger and bigger. When they come out of lifting those weights, have you noticed those muscles are not where they used to be anymore? That's how faith is. You have the faith, God's kind of faith, but you got to exercise that faith. You have to stand on what you believe, and the more you stand on what you believe, your faith began to grow, and it's not as hard as it used to be. You just jump in and say, no, man say no, but God says yes, so I'm going to stand, and I'm going to believe what God is saying because that's what his word is saying. That's um, having uh, strong faith. That's having great faith. We know that Abraham had strong faith. The Bible said in Romans, the fourth chapter, he had strong faith because he believed that what God said, God was going to also perform. So he had strong faith. You have some believers that have weak faith. They have the faith, but their faith is weak because they're not exercising that faith with the word of God. Faith and the word of God have to work together, and faith works by what? Love. When you know how much God loves you, then when you go into his word, you know that God is going to do exactly what he said because he's a loving father. So if you're not in your word and you're not applying your word, you got weak faith. That means when things happen in your life, you're saying it with your mouth, but your heart is far from what you're saying because you ain't developing your faith by being in the word of God. You can't go on just, no, this is what God is saying, but deep down on the inside, you're saying, God, is that really what you're saying? That's weak faith. Your faith that you have has to line up with your heart. It can't be no doubt in your heart. You got to line up your words with your heart. If your heart ain't believing, your mouth is just speaking and nothing is happening. So get into the word, meditate on that word, stand on that word and say, God, outside of what I see, this is what you're saying. So I'm going to believe what you're saying outside of what I see. My faith is not based on what I see. I walk by faith and not by sight. God, if this is what your word is saying, I'm going to stand on this, God, until it manifests in my life because this is what you said. And sometimes it does get hard. Because when you standing and you believe in God for certain things, it seems like it's not happening in the natural. Your body's still cutting the food. Your finances are still tore up from the floor up. But when you standing on faith, the faith that God gives you outside of what's tore up, outside of how you feel, you saying, God, this is what you said. And I'm believing what you said. Now, let's say you believing in what God is saying and that's operating in God's kind of faith. You believe in his word. But it's going to come a time, the more you standing on his word, God's saying he or she has gotten to the place where they need to be. Now, I'm going to allow them to operate in the gift of faith because they know how to stand. They're not wavering. They're standing because they know outside of what's going on in their lives, they know that I'm still God. So God will allow you to operate in the gift of faith and allow you to see beyond the God's kind of faith. Meaning that it may be that, I'll give you me for an example. When the banker told me, you can't have a loan. And the reason why you can't have a loan is because you got to have some good co-signers. You got to have some people with some excellent credit to get what you're asking for. It was just like even Darlene, our accountant, say you got to have some good friends at the bank to get this money. If you ain't got no friends at the bank, here, I'm going to give you this paperwork, but... You got to have somebody at the bank, some friends at the bank. I know I had a friend. His name was Jesus. 
So the faith that God placed upon my life was that gift of faith that took the impossible and God made it possible because it was upon me saying, it don't matter what man say. This is what you say in God. See, with the gift of faith, God will allow everybody to see it, not just you. The gift of faith is going to act out in, in public places to let them know that God is God. The gift of faith is going to show man that what you say ain't going to work, it's going to work because that's who I am. I'm God. The gift of faith will take bad credit and make it good credit, and man don't know how it happened. See, when he put the gift of faith upon you, you know that it's God, and they know that it's God because you know you shouldn't have got that house. You shouldn't have got that car. You shouldn't even been able to get nothing, but you know that you have the gift of faith on you, which is crazy faith. Saying, I, I, I'm getting this. But you know your credit toe up. But you know it has to be God because you at peace with it and you walk in the bank. And this is the funny part, y'all. I was operating in the gift of faith for years and didn't know it. But my, I had my husband scratching his head because I knew God told me I was going to get a house. Had no credit. Had no money. I had a word from the Lord. And it manifests. And it manifests in front of people that didn't think it was going to happen. But God had to show those people that he was God. That's what the gift of faith does. It's not only for you. It's for you to manifest him to the world. And that way the world is going to gravitate to you and say, if God done it for you, God will do it for me. And that's how they end up coming to Jesus through you. Everybody does not have the gift of faith operating in their lives because it's as the spirit wills and God knows who can he can place the gift of faith upon. Do you think God's going to place the gift of faith upon your life and you're not operating in the faith God already gave you? Did that sound right? You think he's going to let you go operate in a place and you ain't operating in the faith he gave you. That ain't even being developed, but you out there saying that dead body going to rise up. That's you. You can't even believe him for $50. But now you're telling somebody that dead body going to rise. Come on now. You can't even believe God to get your bills paid. You ain't even doing what God is telling you to do, but you running off at the mouth trying to make people think that you know God and you ain't even in your word. Right? So God got to see where you are. He got to see... Your faith has to be developed, and your faith is developed every day of your life. Because things pop up in your life with your family, with your job, with everything. And you have to stand trusting God with those things. And as you're standing, your faith is developing. It may start out weak, then it may get a little bit stronger, then you end up with great faith. And, and the word is telling you these things with the centurion. He had great faith. This man wasn't even saved, y'all, but he believed Jesus. He took Jesus at his word. And Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith even in Israel. He talking about his covenant people. This man wasn't even in covenant with him, but he said, don't even come to my house. Just speak the word. How many of us, y'all, when uh, somebody is going through you want the pastor to come instead of saying, no, 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 I don't have to come. I'll just speak the word. No, you need to come to my house. If you don't come to my house, I ain't going to be here. What kind of faith is that? If I got to come to your house to get you healed, you ain't in faith because you think you need a touch. <laughs> but if you trust in God, I'm speaking the word, rise up off your bed of affliction. 
So God know where each individual per person is. And what hurts the most is people don't want to take the time to develop their faith. They want to ride off of somebody else's faith. They want to hear what somebody else say, but they don't want to spend time with God to hear what he got to say. You hear so much that people are put, is putting on Facebook. God will do it. Trust God. Then when something happened in their life, where is God when I need help? What happened to trusting God? So you got to be in a place with God that you know him for yourself, that if nobody is around, you're saying, God, you are still God. I trust you. I know that you're God. That's developing your faith. But the gift of faith is totally different. We went over in John, the um, 11th chapter, how Jesus operated in the gift of faith, how he called Lazarus forth. He believed God. It was something impossible because it was raising a dead body. But also the gift of faith was in operation and working of miracles was in operation and the gift of healing was in operation as well. All three of them dealing with Lazarus was in operation. How do I know? A dead body is decaying. Is that not right? Also, if it's decaying, it need to be healed. So that body got to be healed. But besides that body being healed, it's a miracle for that body to come back to life because it's something out of the natural that don't normally happen in the natural. That's the working of miracles. That's the power of God at work, which brings forth signs and wonders that they know no man can do. See, that's why you got to know the difference and you got to know what's in operation so you will know that God is God. Have you noticed with us believers, these gifts are for believers. Meaning that if I'm operating in a gift, I can be operating in that gift with a believer. And the only thing I'm doing with that believer is really giving, confirming what God has already said unto you. Just like um, we may have services and God may give me a word for somebody or give you a word from somebody. It shouldn't be unusual for you as a believer. Signs and wonders are not for believers, y'all. Miracles should not have to be so amazing when it comes to it happening in the body of Christ. Because we should know who God is. If a miracle take place, we know that God have put that gift upon somebody for that miracle to take place for someone to come to who? To Jesus. Go in the word of God. Where did these miracles take place in the word of God? These were sinners. These were people that didn't know God. The ones that was um, doing these working of miracles was the ones that were sent out, the evangelists, Paul and them. All of them were sent, and they were doing these things so people would know that God is still God and the kingdom have come. That's the purpose of these gifts is to let people know the kingdom have come. What if we kept these gifts amongst ourselves and didn't share these gifts with anybody else? What benefit would it do? Who would come to Jesus? So God give us these gifts to share with the world to let them know that there is a God. But the working of miracles, the working of miracles and the gift of faith, they operate together. And you're going to see them working together. You got to have the gift of faith in order to operate in the working of miracles. Because if you don't have the gift of faith, you cannot operate in the working of miracles. Why? Because you're not going to be able to believe that that dead body is going to come to life. So God give you the gift of faith first. He put that upon your life to speak to that dead body and tell that dead body, get up, rise up in the name of Jesus. That's a miracle, is it not? Gift of healing is in operation. This man, Smith Wigglesworth, and I believe everybody have heard of him. Um, he was coming home one day from work, 
And when he got home, they were telling him, I'm so sorry, your wife is dead. Smith Wigglesworth said, she ain't dead. He dropped his lunchbox, went to the room, pulled her out the bed, stood her up on the wall, and he said, I said, come back in the name of Jesus. You shall live. Wife came back. Wife was walking to him. Why? God put the gift of faith on his life. He put the gift of faith, not only the gift of faith, but the working of miracles was taking place. Why? Because God wanted to show who was in that room that he was God. They already said she's dead. He said she's not dead. Who would say that? Not lest the gift of faith was on their lives. So the gift of faith had to be there for him to move in the working of miracles. God put that on your life in order for miracles to come forth. Our problem in the body of Christ, we don't believe it. Somebody dead, they're just dead. But if God is telling you they shall live and not die, what are you going to do? Let them die. Evidently, he knows it's not yet their time. Now, some people who die, they don't want to come back. But God is going to have union between that dead body and between you. (laughs) He's going to let the person know that's sitting out there, come back. Your time ain't yet. But he's going to have somebody to call them back. And when the gift of faith come upon you, you're going to say, uh-uh-uh. God said it's not yet your time. Come back home. And all of a sudden, the dead body raised up and somebody else died in the midst. <laughs> come on, that's just the truth. Christian folk fall out. Right, Brother Willie? Because we don't want to deal with that. We just get up and we just leave because we're saying, that ain't real. Listen at this, y'all. We're supposed to be ready for this. We don't supposed to be running for this. We're supposed to be partakers of this. And we're supposed to be desiring these gifts. We're supposed to want the working of miracles to work in our lives. We're supposed to want the gift of faith to work in our lives. I don't know about you, but I want to see the dead be risen. I want to see people heal, miraculously heal, knowing that this was God. Anything that God do is outside of man. That means man could not do it. Don't you know if God put doctors on this earth, doctors can go no further than their knowledge. I'm going to tell you this. They can go no further than what they've been taught for 8, 10, 12 years. They can only look at what they've been taught to look at by someone else. So when they say it is over, they mean it is over. When they say move them to hospice, we ain't doing nothing else. They mean it is over. That means you signing them to a place for them to kill them because they're saying it ain't no more hope. That's what that means. Meaning that you have given up and say just go ahead and die and they're going to help you to die because they give you medication to send you wherever you're going. That's what hospice is. They just go ahead and kill you. That's what happens in hospice. So people just say, you don't want them to suffer. You don't want them to go through. But what did God say? Are we hearing what God is saying? If God said it's not yet their time, are you going to stand on what God is saying? Or are you going to just go say your final goodbyes? You got to hear the spirit when the spirit is speaking. That's why you have to be in the word of God to know what God is saying at the time God is saying it. Um, Let me put it this way. Who is man that we should be mindful of him? We give more to man than we give to God. 
If man say it's no hope, it's no hope. Because that's what man said. They take, I remember this, it was a person we went to see. And me and my sister was together. My sister's a nurse, and I don't know all the terms or anything that's going on, but we was in the same room with this person. Matter of fact, it was my stepmother. And when I walked in the room with her, my sister knew everything that was going on. Me, I'm dumb to all that. The only thing I know is what God says. I'm just dumb to everything else. So my sister said nothing to me. So I'm just sitting there, and we went outside, and my sister said, Amanda, she's not here. I said, what are you saying? She said, she's been gone. I said, what are you saying? They're giving her medicine to keep her alive. If they take away the medicine, she's gone. I said, what? She said, that's what they do until the family make a decision. So the medicine, they got medicine elevating her blood pressure to keep it where it need to be. But if they take that from her, she's gone. So I just sat there, I'm listening. So all of a sudden, while we outside, they call another code. We go back. Daddy wasn't there. They telling us, you need to make a decision now. We can keep coding her, and it ain't going to do no good, or you need to make a decision to pull this plug. You need to make that decision. So my sister called my dad. He already knew. That's why he left us there. Daddy knew. It was over. So he, he said, go ahead. He already knew what was going on. So they pulled the plug, and I was outside, and I was wondering why my sister, my two sisters, which is nurses, they were still in there with her. Me and my brother standing outside. I said, what in the world are they taking so long up in there? They said, we waiting on her last breath. She was gone. The medicine was keeping her alive. What am I saying to you? If God say, if God had told me that day, she shall live. And not die. I would have said no. That's what man say. But this is not what God is saying. No. But that ain't what God said because she was ready. You got to know what God is saying. See, the problem is we don't spend enough time with God to go outside of man. Because when God is involved, you don't need man. Because God is going to take over and let man know. I did this and not you. Y'all got an example right in the midst of y'all, which is Rico Evans. They say she was gone. Sister Denise was there. If you want to see her, come now. Is that not true, Sister Denise? God told me before I left home, she's not going to die. I saw Rico sitting on the bed talking. Everybody else waiting on her to die. I said, Rico's not going to die because I know what God told me. So I began to speak what God was telling me to speak. I didn't just pray. I spoke what God told me to speak. See, this is what I want y'all to understand. People can pray, but their prayers are hit the wall. Some people be praying, oh, please, Lord. She's too young, Lord. Give her another chance, Lord. Lord this and Lord that. But is that what God is telling you to say? So when you hear what God is telling you to say, you're going to stand on what God is telling you to stand on. I didn't even need to be down there to know that Rico was going to live. I didn't need to even go because I told Sister Denise, I'm going to be there for him. But I already knew what God was saying. So I'm asking you tonight, have you spent enough time with God to know what God is telling you instead of you making the decision outside of what God is saying? This is when these gifts come into play. 
when you know you hear God, you don't move off of God no matter what people say. I didn't understand this, but I understand it more now when I would see my granddaddy going through and wouldn't move off of what God said because God had these gifts operating in his life, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gift of healing. I watched a man with pneumonia saying he had pneumonia with tears in his eyes and no doctor treated him and he walked out of the house healed. That's the gifts in operation. He didn't need man to do nothing for him because he had God. When you got God, you don't depend on man to fix you. But you got to be in a place with God where you know it's God and it's not your flesh. If you ain't in your word and you ain't spending time with God, you better get to man quick. Not unless you're ready to make burial plans. We got to let pride go. If you're not spending time with God and know about his healing, knowing about his deliverance, Knowing about prosperity. If you don't know these things, you're going to need some help from other sources. But when you know him for real, that's between you and your father. You don't have to go get an opinion from me or nobody else when you know him. That's what he wants from the church. Y'all read your word. When these people in the Bible went off of what the word said, did they stop anywhere and say, wait a minute, let's look at Peter and John. When Peter and John was going to the temple to pray, lame man sent before them. The first thing that Peter did was say, look on us. Did he tell them to look on anybody else, Tyson? Why did he say, look on us? Because he knew, I got what you need. I got Jesus. I got living water. I got the breath of life. I got healing in me. Silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I say rise up and walk. That was the gift of faith that come upon him for this man to be healed. Peter was so sure of that. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And that man left out of there walking. Did he look to, did he say, go get the doctor? Did he? This was God's doing and God's doing by himself. That's how God worked. He worked outside of man, y'all. But guess what? He chose man to do the work through. Yes, he will choose a doctor to perform a miracle. That the doctor couldn't perform, but you got to know what doctor you up under. You got to know where you going because any man will slip up and kill you on the operating table. So you got to hear God no matter where you go or who you go to. You got to know that God sent you there. You can't go online and look at five stars. (laughs) Or look at how perfect they were in the operating room. You got to look to Alpha and Omega and say, God, this is what they say about this man, about this woman. But God, what are you saying? Is that what you want me to do? Because so many people are so arrogant, they'll tell you yes, and then they'll cut you wide open and say, well, I'm sorry, ain't nothing I could do. Like a pig going to slaughter. You better know God for yourself because these days and time, I hope people realize when everything was shut down, It was people at home doing home deliveries for babies. Lady just told me Sunday, I delivered a baby. I said, oh, excuse me. She said, I had no choice. We couldn't get nowhere. I had to deliver that baby. 
Look what God is doing, y'all. He's bringing midwives back on the scene. In the old days of his Mary, wasn't there midwives? They delivered babies, didn't they? You didn't, you didn't see all what we see today. Those women did what they had to do. You didn't see all of this medicine. They go in the woods. They tell you this is what you drink. Come on, they, they get the pine top tea. Drink it. Don't come from under the cover. Anybody remember them days? I remember them days. You walking around with the flu, didn't he know it? Go outside and play. Anybody remember these things? You walking around with a stomach full of worms. You all right? Pull them out. Get outside. Come on, I'm just being honest with you. These people trust God. You have earaches. Scrap dope. Didn't even know it. You all right? Drink some hot water. Get out of here. We believe what they said and we done it. Had the pink eye, eyes just as red like you were drunk. They tell you what to do with it. You believe it? Get on out the house. These days and times, we ducking from it. Don't come near me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't want to get it. And we're supposed to be covered in the blood. Come on, somebody help me out here. <laughs> My husband said, tie, tie the tooth to a string and yank it from the doorknob. You ain't need no dentist. You pull them out yourself. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's a lot of things. And you know what people tell you these days in time? You're crazy. Everybody need help. That's why they created dollars. Right? You do have common sense. Y'all don't get me wrong. All of us have common sense. But I'm making a point here. God gave us these gifts to show himself strong. You know why he's given us these gifts to show ourselves strong? Because it's going to be times you can't get to no doctor. You can't get to no attorney. You can't get to the things that you need. But those times, the ones that's trusting God, God will pour out his spirit. Part of pouring out his spirit is these gifts that he has, that he has given the body of Christ, that he's saying, who can I trust to put this gift upon some people get jealous when they see people operating in these gifts and then they go talk about folk. But those are the ones that are standing, that are believing God. And this is why we walk by faith here at Miracle Temple and not by sight. This is why we trust God with little and God make little much. He didn't start us out with much. He started us out with little to say, let me see if I can trust you. Let me see how you can stand when ain't nothing in the bank. Miracle Temple being the red so much, I, I know the color red just like it was red. But I still say, yes, Lord. When nothing is there, I still say, yes, Lord. Y'all, that got to be a gift of faith. Because we keep on moving when it ain't nothing there. God wants us to trust him outside of what we see. But you got to get yourself to a place with the faith that you have first before you asking God for these gifts to operate in your life. Some people want the gifts, but they don't want to give them. Some people want things to happen quick and their faith hadn't been developed in that area yet. You got to stand strong in the midst of adversity to know that you know God. All of us in this room have to know God in a way for ourselves that if nobody else is around, we know that God is there. So these gifts will operate as the spirit wills. A little bit on the working of miracles. What is the working of miracles? A supernatural gift given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit 
which overrides the laws of nature. It is considered a sign and a wonder. The working of miracles is a supernatural gift given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which overrides the laws of nature. It is considered a sign or a wonder. The examples of the working of miracles, a car continuing to run without gas. That's a working of miracles. That's outside of what? Nature. I'll give you an example. Um, I heard this um, story. It ain't a story. It's the truth. Granddaddy had a problem with his car. Shirley, I believe you remember this. He was somewhere and his car wasn't working properly. And he ended up at a house or something like that that happened. And they couldn't believe what had happened with granddaddy's car. It was something out of the norm. It was a working of miracles. See, this is why you got to know what God is doing and how God is doing it. And if you don't know about these gifts, you will think you're crazy. But because you're learning about these gifts, when things are happening, you know that it is God. You know it's not you. You know that God is operating through you, and he's put that gift upon you. So a car to run without gas, food that multiplies, and limbs that's growing back. Meaning that someone may not have an arm, and all of a sudden the arm grow back. Ain't no artificial arm. They can put artificial on you all the time. But... When a working of miracles take place, you have that arm with those fingers and that thumb. And you looking like that wasn't there before. <laughs> you know that's God. But it takes a gift of faith to believe that for that to happen. And that's what God is saying. When God comes, when the gift of working of miracles come upon people, the gift of faith is there in operation as well. Another one is Moses scratched out his hand upon the waters. It turned into blood. That was Exodus 7, 19. Y'all remember that? God told Moses what to do. Moses done it. And y'all know that's outside of nature, right? Exodus 7, 19. Moses bought water out of a rock. Who does that? Ain't nobody but God. Come on, y'all. If I had a rock in here and all of a sudden I said water coming out of that rock. Y'all would say that she done lost her everlasting mind. Don't she know that's a rock? But when you see that water coming out of the rock, some of y'all probably pick that rock up and see if something hooked to that rock. That's the working of miracles. That's something outside of nature. That's Exodus 17, verses 5 through 6. I got another one for you. Joshua commands son to stand still. Y'all know that's a miracle. Joshua 10, 12 through 13. The widow all stayed. 2 Kings 4, 6 through 7. I have a lot of them, y'all, just to prove it. Elijah made an axe head float. Y'all know that's a working of miracles, right? The man barred the axe. When he got ready to do what he did, the axe handle came off of the, the, the part of the uh, axe, what you call the, the axe head. It was under the water. Elijah took a stick. Through the stick there, told him to pick up the stick to go to axe head. Is that not a working of miracle? That's in 2 Kings 6, 5 through 7. Let's talk about the working of miracles in Jesus' life. John 2, 7 through 11. He turned the water into wine. Is that not a miracle? We already talked about Jesus and Peter walking upon the water. That's a working of miracle. 
That's why I said Creflo Dollar tried to walk on that water. And God hadn't uh, given him that working of miracle upon his life. He thought he can just go out there and walk. Nah. That's Matthew 14, 25 through 29. Come on, all of us probably be like, Lord, I want to walk on the water. Not if the working of miracles ain't upon your life, you ain't. I talked about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. John 11, 41 through 44. We always talk about Jesus with the two fish and the five loaves of bread. That's the working of miracles. Because if I tried it in here today and the working of miracles ain't up in this place, somebody going to go hungry. See, I'm just operating in faith. I'm operating and believing. God, I'm believing this is going to multiply. Then when it don't multiply, Jennifer, I'm like, well, my God, what happened? I did what Jesus did, but it was the working of miracles that was upon his life. The reason why it multiplied. Took the gift of faith. Did it not? So we got to know. That's in um, John 6, 5, chapter 6, verse 5 through 14. What I want everybody to know, don't get discouraged. If you believe in God for something in your life, continue to believe God because his word ain't coming back void. You're stepping out in faith and you believe in that God's word is true. But when any of these gifts come upon your life that we have been going over, you're going to see some manifestation. That means like Benny Hinn, he had the gift of healing upon his life. So when Benny Hinn get in front of the people, there's a gift of faith there. There's a gift of healing. This is why you're seeing things happening on stage with Benny Hinn because that's placed upon his life. That's an operation. It's instantly happening. Now, if people don't keep it, it ain't Benny Hinn's fault. Because even when God does something in a person's life, let's say with the gift of healing, this is how the gift of healing is different from the working of miracles. If someone has a problem with their eardrum and you speak to that eardrum and you tell that eardrum to be healed. That's a gift of healing and operation. That eardrum is healed. Okay. They can hear out of that eardrum, but this is how the working of miracles work. There is no eardrum there and it's replaced. That's the working of miracles. Gift of healing, if somebody has cancer and you speak to that cancer and instantly that cancer is healed, that's the gift of healing operating. But let's say that because of that cancer, they don't have a stomach no more. And you come in and you speak to that um, person and you say, be healed in Jesus' name because the gift of faith has come upon you for that healing. And all of a sudden there's a problem with the healing manifesting. And then all of a sudden the Lord through a word of knowledge saying no stomach there. Now we're going to command your stomach to come back in your body. So you say stomach come back in that body. Then all of a sudden the stomach come back in the body. Guess what? They saying, my God. Y'all see how it works? So see if you're waiting on God to do something with you concerning healing. That means that that's God's kind of faith operating in your life. When it comes to a point that you're saying, I am healed. I know I'm healed. Evidently, God has placed something upon your life for it to manifest. Now, guess what's going to happen for the world to know that it was God? First of all, you got a negative report to say, this is what have happened through smoking. This is what have happened to your lungs. Look at the report. Your lungs look this way. But you're standing and saying, I believe I'm healed. But every time you go back, 
That's what you see on that report. It don't show no improvement. But all of a sudden, the gift of faith come upon you the next time you go in, and you're saying, my lungs are clear. And the doctor's saying, no, they're not. Your report say this. You're saying, no, 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 no. Run another x-ray. We don't need to. Every time you come in here, this is what it say. Run another x-ray. They do another x-ray on you. They look at the x-ray. Your lungs look good as new. What's an operation? The gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. That's how it operates. This is how the gifts operate, y'all. So if you're in the midst of someone and they got something going on in their body and you're speaking to what's in their body and you're saying, be healed, you the healed of the Lord, a gift of healing is in operation. It's going to manifest right then, right there. But if you got something going on with a person and you operating in the gift of healing and they're not taking the healing that God has given them, then there's a blocker somewhere. So God will give you discerning of spirits to let you know what spirit is um, stopping them from receiving that healing. He will say, okay, they got fear there. I want you to um, bind that fear that's in their life because it's stopping them. So the gift of healing, the... um. Word of knowledge is in operation. And also, God has given you not um, wisdom to let you know why it's not taking place. Y'all, this is so good. That's why I want you to grab hold because some people are saying, I prayed for people. I prayed for people. And they still going through. They still going through. You got to get to the root of what's going on because if God sent you to lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. See, that gift of healing is going to be in operation. That's why when you see when it said they were instantly healed and it happened right then, that's because the gift of healing was upon Jesus' life. They didn't have to wait for something to manifest. If you're waiting on your healing, it's because you're standing on faith, believing that God's already done it outside of how your body feels. But if the gift of healing come instantly, it's, it's over and done with because healing is in operation. Working of miracles is outside of the norm. It's outside of the natural. And that's how Jesus operated. Jesus operated with these gifts in his life. This is why you saw people instantly healed in the Bible. And why you don't see it today is because people have not come to believe God the way they need to believe God. They already got another plan. If this don't work, then I'm going to do this. But when you believe in what God is telling you, I'll give you an example with the gift of healing in my life. When my son was little, he was running a fever. Doctor couldn't find out why that fever kept coming back. Alternate Tylenol and Motrin. I was doing all of that. And I stopped. And I said, wait a minute, God. You're a healer. And I don't understand what's going on with my son, but you know all things. What would you have me to do? All of a sudden, faith rose up in me. God had given me something to do. He said, I want you to go get some um, pine bark, and I want you to boil that pine bark, and I want you to take that pine bark, and I want you to rub it on your son. That's nasty, ain't it? I did it. No more fever. Was that the gift of healing? Was that the gift of faith? Yeah, because I heard God didn't have no more problems. So that's why you have to hear what God is telling you to do at the time. i give you another example. Um... I believe Kim, it was Kim, maybe some more in here. We were planning to go to Joyce Myers um, to hear Joyce Myers speak. And I was ready to go. All of a sudden, a cough hit me so hard I couldn't even stop coughing. And I said, I, I, I just can't go. Y'all go without me. 
The Lord gave me these instructions. I said, Lord, what you want me to do with this cough? Took no medicine. I'm hearing God. He said, I want you to go shut up in the room, and I want you to take water, and I want y'all to know that this right here is actually a form of working of miracles and the gift of healing and the gift of faith and operation. I didn't know it, but I found out later. He said, I want you to shut up in your room, nothing but the word, and drink nothing but water. I took gallons of water, gallons, and drunk them. Kept drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Did y'all know if you drink so too much water to kill you? I drunk it. As he told me to drink it, I drunk it. And I mean, I was telling my husband, you remember? Fill it up again. <laughs> Fill it up again. He kept filling it up, and I kept drinking it. I come out of that room. Did I have a cough? Nothing. Because I followed his instructions. And I did what he t- Now, I could have said, I'm going to Joss Myers. Just give me some cough drops and sit me to the side. Because that's what I wanted to do. Back then, I wanted to hear Joyce. But God said, no, I want you to stay here and follow these instructions. I followed his instructions, and I got through it. I come out healed. That was the gift of healing and operation. That was the gift of faith and operation. I heard the Spirit, and I done what the Spirit told me to do. You got to be in a place with God to hear God at that time, to know that's what God is saying, and that's not just what you're doing to make something work. Did somebody tell me to do that? Mm Mm-mm. The Spirit told me to do it. So that's how God operates with these gifts, y'all. You have to hear him. Give you another example. Remember I told you with my arm, and I fell at the skating ring. Could not move the arm. The arm swole up. The arm hurt it so bad, I was crying Jesus. I ain't going to lie to you. Arm swole up. Could not. I had to have it like this. I couldn't even bend my arm. Could not even move my fingers for the pain was so, it was hurtful. It was so bad, I'm sitting in my bed with my Bible, had to preach the next day. Jeremy walk in the room, hey, mama, mama, get to the emergency room. I said, boy, shut up, get out of here. I said, just leave me alone, get out of here. Daddy, did you, why don't you tell mama to go to the emergency room? My hand looked like elephant hand. When that boy left out of there, doubt and everything was hitting me. I said, Jesus, I know what you said. You're going to have to help me, Jesus. Y'all, my arm was throbbing so bad, I could have just cried all night. And the Lord told me this. He said, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to visualize how you want your arm to be. Y'all, I closed my eyes, and I saw in the spirit this arm going just like this right here. I was waving my arm, just waving my arm, moving my arm. I preached the next day. Barely moving it, but I saw it moving. My arm is moving. I ain't putting in no sling. Nothing. I did what God told me to do. Am I telling you to do what I did? Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm not telling nobody to do what I do. I'm telling you, you got to hear what God is telling you to do. Because whatever he tells, he know where you are. God ain't going to let you die if he ain't through using you. He may say, no, you need to get up and get some help. Do what he says. Don't feel bad about it. Do what he says. Don't look like people are going to think I ain't got no faith. You still got faith. It's just it ain't developed where it need to be yet, y'all. But if you want to develop that faith, if you want to get to know God in a better way, you got to spend time with him and know what he's saying and whatever he's telling you to do, it will work. 
This is why these men and women in the Bible, this is why we're reading what God told them to do, and they put it down for us through the help of the Holy Spirit to help build us up in the things of God, to let us know if God did it for them, he'll do it for us. Give you another one. Moses depart in the Red Sea. I talked about that one, Exodus 14. What did Moses do? Y'all know that's a working of miracles. How is the sea going to depart and they walk through on dry land? Is that not God? That's God. So we looked at Jesus. We looked at Peter. Jesus raising the dead. Jesus feed the 5,000. All these miracles. Peter raising the dead. Acts 9, 36 through 42. So if the word is saying that this is possible, why do we look at it as impossible? I'm going to tell you why. We have not come to believe God the way we need to believe God. I have learned myself, if you want to get to a place with God, you got to shut yourself off from man. And you cannot tell man your business. I don't care if you're hurting, how bad you're hurting, don't say nothing. Just smile and say, Jesus, thank you. And go on about your business. Because as soon as you tell man, they're going to tell you. Go somewhere and get something. Because nobody wants nobody to hurt, right? So sometimes you got to shut yourself off from people. And hear exactly what God is saying for that timing. And I guarantee you, if God is saying it, and you standing on what God's saying, it will surely manifest in your life God is not man that he should lie neither the son of man that he shall repent have he not said it shall he not do it have he not spoken it y'all shall he not make it good and I have to leave it on this note with apostle she had told us something recently and I know she listening so I got to get him it was funny we were sitting at the table and we talking about healing and all this stuff she said you know I remember when I went blind driving from work, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and this is the funny part. Sister Neeson, Brother Willie had rolled with him. We had went out to eat. She said, I remember when I went blind and I was driving for work. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Apostle. When was this? I had to give them some calmness. <laughs> oh, she said, that was a long time ago. <laughs> God healed me. <laughs> and it was so funny, but... She would tell me some of her testimonies and some of the things that she'd been through and how she had to trust God because some of the things that man was giving her was making her worse than making her better. So finally she had to say, God, what would you have me to do to take care of Allison? And God told her, and she's still here today. Am I telling you this to tell you to cut out your medicine? Please don't. If that's what you need, that's what you need. God still loves you. He still loves you with all that you're taking. God's going to love you. He's not going to, you know, make you feel bad. He's not going to condemn you. Continue to do that if that's, if that's where you are. But I'm telling you this, God don't change. He's still God. He's still going to be there to help you. But how do you know that he's God if you never trust him for who he is? If you never give him a chance to show you that he is God. Don't get upset when you have to go to this because you felt like this is what you need. God going to love you. He still love you. No matter what condition you're in, God is still going to be God outside of you. He proved that through his son. 
But we as the people of God should be manifesting these gifts. And I believe that the Holy Spirit want to put these gifts upon each and every one of us. But some of us don't want to take the time to be in the presence of the Lord to get to my heart desire is to see people healed all the way around spiritually, financially, emotionally, mentally. I'm telling you all the way around. I want people to be healed. That's my heart's desire. I want people to come out of wheelchairs. I want the deaf to hear. I want the blind to see. I want the lean to walk. I want uncurable diseases to be healed. That's my heart's desire because I say, God, if your word said it, you meant what you said. You said what you meant. And I desire these spiritual gifts because I don't want nobody to be lost. I want them to know that there's a God in Pender County. That's what I want them to know, that there's a God in Castle Hing. There's a God in Wilmington. There's a God in um, Teachy. There's a God all over that can meet you where you are. You don't have to stay in that state or that frame of mind that you're in. God said that you are the healed of the Lord. Not going to be, but you are the healed of the Lord because healing is the children's bread. He sent his word to heal you and deliver you from your destruction. Rise up off your bed of a and grab hold to what God is saying. Be healed. Be made whole. Every line symptom in your body have to go in the name of Jesus. Crippling arthritis have to go in the name of Jesus. You are the heal. Allergies go in the name of Jesus. Cancer go in the name of Jesus. Diabetes go in the name of Jesus. Every organ tonight is made whole in the name of Jesus. What they saw, they shall see no more. This being healed in the name of Jesus. Eyesight being restored in the name of Jesus. Because that's what he said. And we grabbed hold to what he says. And not what we feel in Jesus name. At the name of Jesus, everything bows down. And we grab hold to him and not how we feel. We don't deny how we feel. Yes, I don't feel good. But I'm still the healed of the Lord because his word says so. That's what we do. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. God said, rise up off of your bed of affliction. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're lenders and not borrowers. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the fields. You're blessed in your storehouse. Everything your hands touch is blessed. He's given you the power to get wealth. You are the righteousness of God. The Lord is the strength of your life. He's the portion. Let me tell you something. God said, don't forget my benefits. He forgive all your iniquities. He healed all your diseases. That's his word. We got to take it. Every day we got to take it. No matter how we feel, we take his medication. His word is your medication. If we took his word as much as we took medication, we won't be dependent on it. 
Did y'all know the more your body get used to something, it rejects it? The more you take of something, they got to change that because your body done got used to it. That's why they change blood pressure pills. If you don't change your eating habits, they're going to up your blood pressure pill. But as soon as you change your way of living, most blood pressures come from stress. I got people that eat just like they want to eat and their blood pressure ain't high. Big folk. I'm just going to put it out there. You know what my sister told me? She's a nurse. She said, your numbers ain't based on how big you are. She said, some people come in there big and their numbers are normal. Some people are so stressed out. That's just, that's just how it is. Quit trying to figure it out and know that God has already worked it out. My granddaddy, and that's his daughter back there, big as I don't know what, right, Shirley? Ate what he wanted to eat, but he knew how to eat it. And he didn't have high blood pressure, did he? When his body wanted to act a certain way, granddaddy said, God, tell me what to do. When he got weak, he said, God told me to drink grape juice. Bring me some grape juice, Louise, and go back out in the field. That's how we was raised. We watched this stuff happen. Miss Mary, you already know. Your sister, Miss Carrie, you already know. Y'all were raised that way. Your grandmother, um, Aunt Blanchard, all coming from her hands, had the gift of healing. Granddaddy would go to his sister when stuff would go on with him. She would lay hands on him. He'd go home healed. What's happening with us? We don't believe it, y'all. Let's just tell the truth, saints. We done, we outgrowed all that stuff. We think it ain't real no more. We say it. But we don't stand by what we say and we give up too quick. I ain't got time for that. I got to go to work. I ain't got time to wait on the Lord. The Lord know my heart. Give it to me. Hit me with it. Shoot me with it. Until it wear off. And it don't work no more. So God want us, y'all, to begin to trust him for who he is. And I'm not saying to go out there and do something crazy. I'm saying get into your word. All of us need to get into the word. I still got things in my life that I'm being developed in through this word. And every day I have to get in here and remind myself who I am in Christ. Don't lose sight of this word. If you don't lose sight of this word, you'll be able to go on when it looks like you can't go on. Amen. Do we have any announcements at this time?